Welcome to Tiger Pops Podcast, a place to dissect, analyze, and swoon over the webtoon Midnight Poppyland. Every week, we'll go through another episode and break down character development, relationship regression, plot, symbolism, body language, and more. And of course, we'll be bringing out those tinfoil hats for some theory time. Every week, we'll be joined by sharp-witted, detail-obsessed, and dare I say, thirsty fans ready to tackle the latest gem. Let the analysis begin. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 24 of Tiger Pops. Today, we have Myrna and Natasha, and I'll let them say hi. Hey, guys. I'm Myrna. I'm 31, mother of three. Uh, Hi, I'm Natasha. I am 34, mother of two. Anything else you want the audience to know? Where you live, what you like to do, favorite ice cream, uh, (laughs) least Um, favorite character in Midnight Poppy Land? (laughs) uh, Hi. I am living in the Midwest. It's Myrna. I'm living in the Midwest. I'm originally from San Diego, California. I am Mexican and Native American, and I'm an editor. So I actually really like Midnight Poppy Land because um, of, all, like, of all the webtoons I read, um, she's probably like one of the top five in least mistakes. So like when it mm-hmm. comes to like editing and stuff like that. So visually, it's great for me. So there's that. Um, yeah, so Natasha, I, uh, I live in Pittsburgh. I'm originally actually from the Bronx, New York. I am Puerto Rican. I'm a debtor's attorney, mainly in bankruptcy, personal bankruptcy. Um, and I like Midnight Poppy Land, mainly the same reasons as Myrna just said. Um, as far as least favorite character, I'm between Vincent. Uh, oh, no, it's just Vincent. <laughs> Personally, I think we all hate Vincent. Like the most. Would, be, would be my second Next. least favorite, but he hasn't done that much yet. Yeah, but who? I get really bad vibes off of him and Martin. Um, Wait, who was the? I didn't hear. Who was your second least favorite? Um, Shark or Scarch? I, I'm not sure yeah. how you say his name. Scarch? But I think, yeah, I think I, I like. I'm trying to think because it sounds like a very German last name. So yeah, Scarch. Uh, so Scarch. Well, I, I guess that one. <laughs> yeah, I just decided to call him Shark because then he, um, you know, it's the name is like this aggressive, nasty name. So I decided it suits him. <laughs> it's always the Germans. Like, if you want like a scary character, you got to make him German. And then it's <laughs> just automatically scary. <laughs> oh, dear. Person. Yeah. I anyway, that, I I'm actually... I'll tell you guys that story later. <laughs> I think I actually well, hate Jory the most just because from what we've seen of him, he is just awful. And he reminds me of too many of my ex-boyfriends. So that's I think that he's my least favorite character so far. Uh, probably tied with Vincent just because of Tora's past. So the little yeah. things we've gotten to see so far. <laughs> yeah. I can see that. Um, I would probably say mine is Vincent. You know, it's going to be like, yeah, everyone's number one because of what he did to Tora. I know. Sad, sad. And we haven't even heard it all yet, but I just already know it's all terrible. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So a bit of a recap of last episode. We had Poppy went into Aristry and, um, you know, she got the cabbie to, to like, stand guard for her and you know she got ben, the boy benjamin to go in and now she um Gaio called tora and tora was like flipping out like oh my god where's poppy because he realized that um shark was still in town so he immediately calls her and that that's where the episode begins where she actually picks up and she's like tora and 
you know, now we have this picture, one of the very first pictures, which is like everybody was, um, you know, basically melting with this picture because he's, you know, he's taken his like tank top off and he's putting his t-shirt on and mm -hmm. you get this amazing view yep. of his um, abs. Yep. Anywho. <laughs> Yes, this is something we that is represented visually, and you can only uh, look at it. But <laughs> we can't express it. But it's it's gorgeous. Let's just say that he's definitely done a lot of hard work. And I honestly, I actually got really jealous. And I, I don't know, jealous is the right word. Jealous, inspired, because I used to work out, and I never had a six pack. But um, I had a friend who actually a female friend who she she worked she she was never um she's not much into working out for working out sake but she wants she's very like goal driven and she's like into showing off not showing off but like showing showing that she can do something that people think she can't do so she worked out just enough so she could get a six-pack and that was it and then she dropped it and then she like, never worked out again <laughs> so i had never reached a six-pack but i do enjoy working out and I, I did used to work out a lot and, and like i haven't for a while and this honestly like has these these kind of images really inspire me and mm -hmm. i went to a kickboxing class last week and i was just thinking of torah the entire time and i was like i'm gonna be like, be like torah i'm gonna be like torah i'm gonna be like torah <laughs> i'm gonna be ripped <laughs> like that so it was like, the actually, instructor actually sorry go ahead I, I know i actually go to a crossfit gym and i feel like i'm like the least uh i guess i would say like the least uh uh like ripped person there so it's kind of hard because I've actually always been a uh, an athlete. I was, you know, I, I was a collegiate level swimmer and stuff like that. And then uh, I've never like had a six pack, although I had a really impressive back once when I was like swimming because I would wake up in the morning, do like two hours of swim practice, go to, you know, class and stuff like that, and then do like an hour of lifting and then like another three hours of uh, like swimming after that. And like my back looked amazing, but I still didn't have a six pack. It's just so unfair. Wow, that's a lot of working out in one day. I it was. I can never achieve that level ever again. But it, I it was a nice from. It was just like a nice passing thing, and then is what it is, though. Yeah, I've never gotten anywhere near having a six pack. Like I do Pilates, and I know, like from when I started now, I can tell I've gotten stronger. But I I feel like I still look the same. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Yeah, I'm in a I'm in a cut right now, so like it's kind of sucks trying to still lift weights because you know I'm not having the amount of calories that I'm used to. But mm -hmm. one day, I just mm -hmm. I don't I'm not ever gonna have a six pack. I don't just don't think that's in the cards for me. But uh, I do like I am dying to at least like you know like I just really like want thighs like my husband. My husband has incredible thighs like he's like always had strong ones so that's why that's the body part i'm focusing on right now but seeing torah like that so jealous so yeah. jealous yep yep and he seems to spend you know his time on he doesn't have a lot to do right he has bodyguard duties which doesn't seem to be so occupying his time and then mm -hmm. you know helping copy duties and working out so Anyhow, so now he, he calls her and he's like, where are you now? And she's like, hello, Tora, I can't hear you very well. And he just asks, where are you? And again, hello, Tora, hello. And he, you know, he's getting angry and he's getting frustrated. He says, you know, you see the expression of anger on his face. He's like, I said, and then again, she's, it seems like she's blowing him off. She's like, I'm sorry, can you speak a little louder? I can't hear you. Hello, are you still there? And, you know, he's like, F an earpiece. Uh, you know, he, you know that Tora is easily frustrated with technology. So he just like throws it in and onto the table. 
actually, since you mentioned that about Poppy, like, trying to blow him off, I actually wasn't sure when I read it if she was trying to blow him off or if she actually couldn't hear him because he doesn't know how to use his earpiece. <laughs> um, I, I feel like she wouldn't, I mean, she doesn't want him to know what's going on, obviously, but I don't know that she would blow him off that much. Okay. I hear it. Like, yeah. Just the way I like read Poppy is more if she really didn't want to talk to him or for him to not know what was going on, she just answered when he called. That's true. Good point. Yeah, she she is pretty she's pretty has a pretty blunt personality. Yeah. And there's so there's that. But then again, I also see how I uh, recalling back to the episode where um we see a little bit more behind her her uh let's see, like when we see I guess her and jewelry, I think that I feel like she like does keep quiet sometimes. So maybe this could be, but at the same time, I feel like she would like, she's definitely trying to hide something uh, from him. Like the way she's going, like, I'm i uh, I'm in a cab, you know? Yeah. So like, you know, trying to, trying to like, you know, steer the conversation in a different direction. Right. And he, you know, he doesn't have that. He's like, you're in a cab. And she's like, yeah. And then he's like, you're in a cab where? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and here's where I think she does, you know, want to avoid the conversation. She's like, um, oof. And then she's clearly doing something in the background. She's like, damn it, he's too heavy. She's muttering. And, you know, Tora's just silent and looking very, you know, concerned and like, un you know, what a nerve, like what's going on. Then you hear in the background, shit, woman, quit moving me around, erg. And then she's like, you know, this is the first time Poppy curses, at least that I, I can remember. So you're like, damn it, sorry, Tor I'm kind of busy right now. Don't worry, everything's fine. I'll see you on Saturday. Remember to text me what you'd like for dinner. And then she yeah. hangs up on him. Yeah, um, I actually, going back to like his face when he, when, um, when she's like clearly moving whoever around, um, like he just, I feel like, I don't know, I also think he looks like a little jealous because it's obviously a man talking in the background. I don't know. Like, I just kind of oh. see that in his face a little bit. Like, like who the heck is this guy? You know? That's a good point. I didn't even think about yeah. that. I didn't think of that either. Hmm. Could be. I like that though. <laughs> <laughs> he does. Yeah. He does definitely in the next panel look really concerned, though. At least from what I can see. Like, I think that he does look concerned as to like, where is she? Like, yeah. who did she just pick up? You know? Yeah. Yeah. I actually really like. I mean, there's no like text in that in that frame but I do like his body language and his face like he looks he looks like the, yeah like the, the what <laughs> yeah and it's like his hands are on his hips yep. and he's looking quite upset like what's going on with Poppy is yeah. she safe like is she saying the truth <laughs> exactly and I have to say though in the background I kind of wish I had this gym this gym looks fantastic this it does <laughs> Oh my gosh, like, I can see how he keeps in such great shape, though. He's got a nice gym. Yeah. Yeah, so from the next panel, we see, actually, it looks like this gym is Quincy's basement, in the basement of Quincy's apartment, because mm -hmm. he gets a text from Quincy. And first of all, Quincy's, uh, I didn't notice this, but I was just rereading the Patreon comments. Quincy's um, picture is um, the cat from Tom and Jerry. <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> and it's like this um, it. lazy expression, I guess, which fits for lazy and irreverent. Which fits for Quincy a lot. <laughs> yeah. And cutesy, you know. I love it. I think I just like it's like it's just like the whole like I love that face though, because yeah. I can see Quincy having that exact same face. 
Yeah, and he tells him, he calls him, hey, boo-boo, heart, you know, which is adorable. <laughs> My date just blew me off. I'm staying home. So could you help me out with some beta reading? It's a sizzling hot romance. I promise you'll love it. Come upstairs to my apartment when you're done with Jim. Wink, XOXO. I mean, he's hilarious. Who writes XOXO on a text message? Like, it's fun. I love Quincy. Like, yeah. Quincy just you know, a lot of people are like, do they live together? But it seems, I mean, like we see his apartment in general. And um, it looks like he's just working out at the gym um, yeah. underneath his, Quincy's apartment. And Tora's reaction is, of course... <laughs> Throw his phone. Yep. Goes through whatever number phone that is. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> Having to get him new phones. Also, yeah. he's he's quite emotional. You know, he's upset. He's upset yeah. about popping the thing. I don't think he's upset really about Quincy's um, text, but, you know, he just, he's reactive. He's angry and he kind of expresses it physically. Yeah. I mean, like, I think about how he grew up. I mean, I highly doubt that he had anybody like teaching him to like express anger in a constructive way. So right. the fact that he just it destroys objects instead of like <clears throat> taking it out on Poppy in general and stuff like that is actually good. <laughs> I think yeah. at least. Yeah. Right. It's funny because you remind me, I had a brother who definitely had a lot of anger issues when he was younger. So he would come to our, our house, which my parents moved out of by now, but like, there were just holes everywhere. There were holes in the wall, holes in the door that he kicked. Like, he was quite angry. And then he grew up and went to the Marines. So I guess that's where he got his aggression out. <laughs> that's, that's hilarious. And now, he, now he's, he's the opposite extreme. He's extremely controlled. I think probably a little bit too much to the opposite extreme. But uh, I think he realized that he had to control himself, his emotions. So he just kind of clenched down and clamped down. So he's um, much more, he's very, very rigid and controlled. Like a, uh, he doesn't let his emotions out easily, which is a swing in the other direction that I think is a little too much. But anyway, I think, you know, Tora does that too. He's very silent, very impassive in many ways right. as well. Yes. Right. I, I feel like there's probably not a uh, clan uh, psychiatrist. So, <laughs> so, I mean, like I can definitely see like um, he doesn't really have like a constructive way to like let out his anger. So he takes it out on his electronics. Mm -hmm. So next we have, we go back now to Poppy in the cab and Poppy's like, shoot, damn it. How did he find out I was here? He located this, you know, the same way he located Mr. Lamb. And then she realizes he sounds angry, but I can't blame him. And then, you know, then she harkens back to Erdine. She's like, Erdine's going to kill me if she finds out I do something reckless. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she's just looking really worried. So she's like, feels like she's going to get feedback, negative feedback from everywhere, from from Tora, from Rodine, you know. Right. And it's good that she realizes it because Poppy, I mean, I love Poppy, but Poppy makes some questionable choices. <laughs> at, Didn't we all in our early 20s? Let's exactly. Like, you know, not, not, that, not that I was any better, but like she, she does. And as she's starting to realize it, which I guess in, in a couple more frames, I'll like come back to that based on her conversation with the, with the cab driver. But right. like I'm glad that she that she understands that she shouldn't keep doing this, most likely. Yeah. She mm -hmm. is she is somewhat self-aware yes. there. Yeah, and you know, the cabbie, now we find out how the cabbie got back to her and how she got into the cab. He says, Good thing I got your email address or I'd have gone home instead. 
And he says, you know, I, my wife, basically, if she knew, would have known that I would have left a young lady to fend for herself, she'd throw me out of the house immediately, which is, you know, good for the wife. Like, they, right. they seem like a couple that yeah. has really good morals. They seem like, from, from just based on, you know, uh, what we've heard of the cabbie and his wife, they, don't they seem so sweet? Like, such a, like, sweet, like, middle-aged married couple. Yeah. Like he, like she's she's going out with her friends, and he's not jealous about it or anything like that. You know, they seem like they have like a healthy relationship that involve, you know, where they encourage the other two to, you know, go out and you know live their own lives as well. So I thought I like that part that Lily kind of snuck in there. I don't know if she did that on purpose or what, but it just seems like, you know, you see, you know, the relationship. So you saw uh, Poppy and Jewelry, and how that was obviously he was a cheating snake and gross and stuff like that and then you see uh i mean whereas like poppy and like Tora clearly like each other there's like so many hurdles in their way it's just so nice to see like just like a normal loving married couple you know yes 100 percent. it's like a good good role model for them right a whole relationship yeah. <laughs> so you know, and then the cab driver recognizes, you know, what we were saying about age is like, right. you know, she probably apologizes and, you know, she feels bad. I'm sorry for the trouble I've caused. And he's like, no, you know, I did the same thing at your age. This is what youth is like. <laughs> and then he has this like nostalgic smile on his face, living yeah. life to the fullest while you can. And, you know, he says that you, you learn from your mistakes. You know, you don't learn from doing everything the right way, which is profound. Right. And, <laughs> and then he gives her this side eye glance and he's like, just make sure you're actually learning from him, not repeating them. Exactly. <laughs> can, we, like, have, can we have like Mr. Cabby like come back at like as like <laughs> as like you know that voice of reason with him and his him and uh, Gina, his wife. You know how how sweet they are. Like just I'd be I'd be so happy if they were like recurring characters and stuff. But I don't know. Like I like I like I really like his character and how he is like kind of like the voice of reason. Like oh yeah, you know we all do crazy stuff. Just don't do it again. Learn from your mistakes. <laughs> Yeah, true. Yeah. I would. It would be nice to see them again. <laughs> so you know, uh, Poppy is like a little nervous with that. And then he asks how the young man is doing, and she looks over at him, and it's this young guy. He has looks like a teenager. He has uh, you know striped t-shirt on. He's longish hair. His you know he has some. He's pressing some kind of like cloth to his forehead, which is bleeding. And you know she says, "Well, it looks like the bleeding stopped, and I'll, I'll make sure he gets treated before he gets home." And then the cabbie is like, oh, wow, you know, you're so nice. You're taking care of a stranger. And right. Poppy is like, well, she's like, thank you. But, you know, that's not really true. It's not that, <laughs> you know, there's, it's, it was, he wasn't a stranger. Right. It's not all uh, selfless. Yeah. Yeah. I feel do like Poppy is, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Do you want, if you want to like pick up on the, like the next panels and see, you know, describe what happened? Yes. So next is like the flashback. She says, you know, I'm sorry, you're mistaken, Mr. Cabby. And it goes back to how she encountered him. And she says, it isn't that I'm kind. Um, so it flashes back to her standing outside in Air Street after the cabbie left her. And she says, looks like this is as much as I could buy myself. And honestly, I'm not totally sure what she's talking about right there. Because um, like, I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on that maybe like she's talking about time like you know buy herself time like i don't know that's that's like the only thing i can think of yeah that was just, like i i kept coming back to that i wasn't sure what she was thinking right there um i was thinking that she meant that um you know this is a much like 
in her, how far she could reach by herself, um, you know, because she got the, the cabbie to, to protect her and like this was as far as she could get by herself. Okay, all right. All right. But so, she didn't I feel secure enough to go in by herself. So so she's out there, you know, outside the club by herself. And like this is just her thoughts of damn it, Mr. Lamb, you're a successful businessman. How could you not see that the people around you might be trying to harm you? Um and and that part, I mean, I thought the same thing. <laughs> I mean, he's an old man, but you figured he'd have a lot of life experience in general to notice when somebody was shady around him and somehow he went along with them anyway. Um, but she says, where is it? Uh, he needs to read the message. He'll understand as soon as he reads it. Um, I'm going to give it another 10 minutes before calling the cops, if they'll even venture into this area. And at that point, because it zooms in on her phone, I'm assuming maybe she texted him something or was trying to get him a message some other way. Yeah, I think she must have texted him before. She definitely tried calling him. He wasn't picking up, and then right. she. So it seems like she texted him. Um, yeah. If the cops get here, and I'm wrong about this whole thing, it'll ruin any chance of getting Mr. Lamb on board with us. But at least it'll weigh far less on my conscience. But damn it, why is there never a cab when I need one? Um, he says, "Come on, I don't have much time left." And that's when the boy shows up, and he's just like standing on the sidewalk next to her, also staring at this building. Right, which also tells me, by the way, like we we know from a little later on, you know, that this boy was here for like a, a purpose, and right. it looks like just like Poppy is looking at the building, like stealing herself in, uh, you know, to maybe go in or to think of what to do. This boy looks like he's also he paused in front of the building to steal himself up for his mission. Yes, and I'm still really curious as to what that was, and I'm excited to find out what he was doing yeah. here. <laughs> yeah, he mm -hmm. does definitely look a little out of place, you know, with the backpack and the. He definitely looks just like a student. Yeah. And like yep. it's late and he again is just staring at this building on the empty sidewalk except for Poppy, like getting ready to do something. And then also like, you know, because we see that we know what's going to happen in this ep in this um chapter, like whatever it was he was going to do that he's getting himself ready to do, like he's like, you know, hyping himself up for, he ends up not doing it just because, you know, Poppy, you know, right here is so this boy, wherever he came from, he looks like the safest bet I have right now. And I'm assuming she says that because there's no one else. <laughs> well, yeah. We don't know that he didn't. I don't know that that he didn't get what he wanted to get done. I'm not sure about that. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, well, we just don't see it. A little bit later, it does seem, you know, Tora does say something that makes us think that maybe he didn't do it. But we don't know for sure. We just don't know. Right. Right. No. Well, whatever it was, yeah. he, he could do that. Thing. If he did whatever it was, he could do that while also helping Poppy. Right. So... He wasn't so like um, single-minded that he ignored her. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so Poppy here, you know, Poppy decides like she has this really good idea. I think she's smart. She says, you know, at, she's never done something like this before, but as they say, when in Rome, Jew and Rome, as the Romans do, so she tells mm -hmm. him, I'll give you $50 if you can pass a note to someone along for me. And, you know, she's nervous as she says this. She stammers a little bit, but she says it and what seems, you know, quite for forcefully. Yeah. And you, know, you see her determination. She's like, I've come this far and damn if I'm going home empty handed. She's mm -hmm. had the goal and she wants to achieve it. You know, she's tenacious. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Tenacious and courageous. 
And, like, I mean, you know, you have, to, you have to think though, she's like a tiny woman in like this, she knows a dangerous area, like a really dangerous area that the cops don't even, you know, go into. And she's like super tiny, you know, <clears throat> um, and, you know, she's never really been in this kind of situation before, you know, she grew up out in like the country, it looks like. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this is, this is definitely, it seems like it was like a really harrowing experience for her or what it could have been even more so. Yeah. So just, yeah. we like admire her so much. A lot of us, you know, I think we, you know, we, I don't know a lot of us, but like, you know, it's, it's a mainly female readership for this cartoon and we, we love to, you know, obsess over Torah, but, you know, we also fall in love with Poppy because Poppy is just this really admirable character. Mm-hmm. Right. And what happened was, you know, we, we go back to, you know, Poppy looking at Benjamin concerned in the car. And she says, you know, not long after he went up the stairs, she heard a loud crash and she turned to see a man dragging him down, which is, of course, you know, like this pretty violent depiction. And, right. you know, he smashes his head on the on the side, like on the on the cement, like as he goes down. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Poppy has this gasp and you'll notice like this, this has some of the, like, the older illustrations, which I never saw the originals, but I can tell I saw, you know, I didn't see a managed to find back like when i was first looking at this i did find some of the older illustrations especially if like you go on the patreon you'll see um but anyway but this is you know clearly one of the older illustrations so it's it's always, always interesting to see like the difference between the older and the newer yeah that is that is i, I just love the the like the picture of poppy though in this like right after uh the the scene of him getting like his head smashed basically yeah it, like like uh i love her eyes yes that is exactly like that it's just there it's very it's a very captivating uh picture yeah i mean the coloring in in all this is you know it's dark it's hazy it's purple it's just really great coloring and then yeah you can tell she's not used to violence at all she's flummoxed and shocked yeah definitely you know whereas torah does this kind of violence all the time right I think that's, a, I think that maybe it's showing, uh, I can't use words today, uh, like, you know, the two different sides of juxtaposition, sorry, um, of uh, like Torah and Poppy. Um, Torah, you know, a couple episodes back, you know, you see him like smash people in without even like a change of face, you know, but then Poppy, like she sees somebody else do that to somebody and like, it's obviously really shocking to her. And I think it just kind of drives in like <clears throat> how different their backgrounds are and like their, you know, how they've grown up, like, and where, like their situation, just how incredibly different uh, their lifestyles are that they would, that's how they, like the two different ways they react to violence. Right. Yep. Yeah. And the way that she reacts, she right away, you know, she rushes over to him and she, um, you know, wants to take care of him. And she says, uh, it basically looks like she um, wanted to take him to a doctor. And he's like, I can't go to a doctor. They'll call my parents and I'll be sent back to the delinquent center. So it seems as though he's not with his parents or the delinquent center, you know? Right. So it's... Like he might have run away. Right. Something. But he's run away on the streets with maybe potentially the clan. So not sure. And, you know, she's like, well, you need to get treated. And then he says, take me to my teacher. He'll know what to do. <laughs> so... Yeah, we'll find out who this teacher is. <laughs> so, then, and the you know, then she, she. Sorry, go ahead. Oh no, just like how the timing was perfect at that point that she got the email from the cabbie coming back for her. 
Yeah, it's perfect timing. Yeah, since cabs don't come here, so lucky Poppy. Yeah. And, you know, and now she's feeling really guilty, you know, and <laughs> the boy asks, he's like, would both of you quit yapping? My head hurts. And, you know, and she's like, <laughs> and then the cabbie is irate. He, you know, has this not deadpan look on his face. He's like, want me to go to the police station instead? And, you know, he's also older, right? He, he, <laughs> he pegging him as like a trouble kid. Yep. And Poppy's like, no, I'm sorry. I think he's just in a lot of pain, but he's not a thug. You know, she's standing up for him. Like she does the same thing for Torah too, right? She right. looks for the good people and she's doing the same yeah. thing for the teenager. Yes. But she I does admonish him as well, you know, the teenager. Right. right. As she should. <laughs> and, you know, he's rude back to her. She's like, stop being rude to the cabbie. I'm taking you straight to your parents. But then uh, he responds, he's like, yeah, I believe, like, I believe you. You're too soft to do that. Just shut up and leave me alone, you old lady. <laughs> oh, gosh. How, how, how much younger is this kid that he's That's calling? That's what I wonder when he said that. Old lady. Because I figure he's a teenager. She's only 21. Yeah. Yeah. Read punk. (laughs) And then, you know, Poppy gets angry. She's just being popping out. She's like, old lady. Ugh, this brat. (laughs) And then this is this adorable line, which just already shows you how she treats Tora in her mind. If Tora were here, you would give you an asshole thing for real. Yes. (laughs) I love that she says that. It sounds like it sounds like almost kind of like uh, like old tiny like couples. Where, you know, like, just wait till your dad gets home and he's going to get, you know, stink your butt or something like that. <laughs> yeah. You know, it already shows that she understands that Tora is protective of her and, you know, would stand up for her dignity. Yes. Like, they yes. knew each other for, like, what, they were, in two days they were, they were together, like, the train day and then, yes. like, the chasing after Mr. Lamb day. That's it. This is, like, two days later. And yep. she already, you know, I mean, Tora did just call her protectively, so. Yep like that you know you can kind of see that they both of them are drawn to each other and attracted to each other emotionally more than and intuitively more than they recognize and more than they're willing yeah. to admit to themselves yes and they like you know there is that little I, mean, I shouldn't say little but there is trust there already that they probably can't even figure out or explain themselves but they just know it's like she knows Tora has her back and but she has his <laughs> yeah I think that like when you do meet I mean, at least for, for me, like when I met my husband, um, like I was able to like trust him really uh, fast, even though I had been you know, like burned before. Like, so I can, I can really put myself in her position at this, like having gone through something similar. And uh, like, it's almost like when, it, for me, at least when I met like that right person for me, like it was easy for me to trust him, even though I was like, I wasn't necessarily in the trusting mood I guess you know like in a in in that mindset at the time like it was like they they uh he did things that made it easy for me to like trust him and like want to rely on him and I think that Torah has like maybe done that for Poppy yeah and I do think they have that that click with each other definitely I agree oh very sweet (laughs) yeah and then you know Just imagine, just imagine though, if your soulmate was in the mafia, it was an enforcer for the mafia. Though. I mean, hey, it, it's just a job, right? <laughs> yeah, there you go. It's, it's just another job. I, I do think about that because, you know, I, I do try to wonder, like, how would I react if I was Poppy? I mean, it's hard because I, I'm not 20 anymore, but like, yeah, I don't know. I just don't know. It's how it's, it's, I can, as a reader, you know, 
like because we see Tora as a sweetie pie and like we like him right away and we know this is like going to end up well and we we know like stories like this like have a happy ending so we're like okay he'll get out of the mafia and they'll live happily ever after but Poppy doesn't know that you know Poppy doesn't know she's in a story Poppy has to be rational and you know I can I can you can see and understand like why she's hesitating because like this guy is really dangerous right yes right imagine how our family members would react if we would tell them we're dating a guy in the mafia they would want them they would murder us first you know before the mafia that's true that's true you can't lead with that definitely (laughs) (laughs) but really hey so what does your what does your boyfriend do Uh, (laughs) well let's just i don't know just change the subject again yeah about that uh who wants ice cream (laughs) right (laughs) i actually um i was well, yesterday I saw this this boy that reminds me a lot of like teenage Torah. He um he was you know young teenager and he had this similar hairstyle, but his his neck was entirely covered in a tattoo. It was like it was just entirely black. Like that was the tattoo he had gotten. So I mean I obviously try not to stare at people, right? But like it did catch my eye, and I realized I was like, oh, that's probably how Torah feels when you know people are always looking at him, and um somebody on the Facebook group was mentioning they were, they were a European girl and they lived in Japan and they were talking about how the, the strictures against um, tattoos are like really strict in Japan. Like she said, police actually kicked her out of somewhere because she had like this tiny tattoo on her hand. And you know, there's all these contracts. You can go to public beaches. You can't go to like, you can't show your tattoos if you have any. So, really? you know, uh, American, yeah, it was some really, really strict rules about, about tattoos and like American culture is really easygoing. Like tattoos, like oh, they're cool. You know, let me see them. You know, it's it's pretty pretty lax. But apparently in, in Japan, which I'm going to extrapolate from their you know other Asian cultures, which is more of what Lily's um, basing this on, it's yeah. really harsh. And like to have a tattoo is really um, a signal of like you're you know potentially being in the in the yakuza and the you know in the mafia. And it's much more of a brand than than it is here. That's, That's crazy. I never thought about that because my husband was in the military and we knew like a lot of people in the military that had like full sleeves and were like yeah. deployed over there. And I've never heard of that. That's actually, that's really interesting. Yeah. I'd never heard that either, but that actually, now that you've said it, has me thinking about Erdine because she's got that tattoo that she shows. Mm, yeah. True. And I'm just wondering what, you know, what people think of her, if that's like the way the culture is that had mm-hmm. not crossed my mind until right now. Yeah, I've only ever seen like tattoos and stuff like that really um, in like Asian shows and I like and like also like through like their uh, music, you know, they're basically their entertainment and how Mm -hmm. every time that they have like a tattoo, it's supposed to be like them being tough, you know, like even if it's just like like a little tattoo, there was like a couple of ones that I saw like they did like on like EXO, uh, the K-pop group, and I was just like... That doesn't look very tough to me, but okay, you know, looks a little fake, but okay, you know, we'll go with it. I still love it so very much. Hmm. (laughs) Yeah, you know, that would be a good question. I want to do, I want to ask Lily if she wants to do a a Q&A session um, for the podcast. So that would be a good question to ask, like, what's the approach to tattoos that the characters of Midnight Poppy Land would have? Meaning that the Midnight Poppy Land world would, what's their view? How would they see a tattoo? Well, I always think of, uh, like, like Quincy, whenever we do see him, like his tattoos are covered up, right? Mm-hmm. Like if he has any, like he's always, like so I don't know, like if he, uh, 
like if he like if he were to have like anything like that he's always like wearing like long sleeves so it makes me think you know yeah right i think it might also be the particular kind of tattoo right like you said you know torah has sleeve tattoos that might be viewed differently than our dean's tattoos right or guys oh my god guys <laughs> yeah i don't think we've seen it yet at this point that cutie pie. <laughs> and that's it. But if you if you look at it, like every time that uh Tor is outside, all his sleeves and stuff like that are covered. Like mm -hmm. we, well, we haven't really seen him like walking around in a short sleeve t shirt or anything like that. Like the right. only one that we've seen, like if of him in public is his neck tattoo. It's like very visible. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. So you know, back to Poppy now. Um you know, Poppy at this point does something that I think is actually very mature of her and something that I really appreciate. She says that, you know, how can I get mad at him, the teenager, when this might have all been my fault? And she really has this heart to heart with herself because she says, you know, she wanted to go after Mr. Lamb to close the deal no matter what. But maybe this was never about Mr. Lamb or even the deal. Maybe it's my pride and my ego refusing to admit that I failed at my job. And especially right after she failed at her relationship. And I think that, you know, this is, some people like Poppy are very driven towards success and they might be blinded to the consequences of their actions because they're so focused on the goal that they just pursue it blindly without paying attention to what they're stepping on or over on the way. And I think Poppy is realizing that she might've been doing that and that that wasn't good, you know, and maybe she was risking too much to, to achieve that goal. Yeah. I also yeah. think that like, she's probably like, though she hasn't really confronted anything so far she might be just like really just affected by what happened with jewelry because you know like they've been together for like a long time uh like from like what i gathered that they've been together for quite a while and yeah. um I mean, like even if you haven't been together for quite that long somebody cheating on you man it can really devastate you like you you can think like oh what what did I, what like i feel like even if you are like a really confident person like in that what if that happened in that manner, like you could definitely be questioning yourself, like what's wrong with me? Like what is so wrong with me that like they felt the need to go somewhere else? And I feel like this, this, this might be Poppy like being hard on herself because, you know, she went through something kind of, you know, traumatic and like imagining, you know, walking in on your boyfriend, like cheating on you right, right in front of your eyes. Like, you know, like your boyfriend of however many years. Yeah. So, I mean, because she just could be like in that mindset right now that, you know, she just, she said, basically said she just graduated. She, you know, it was really hard for her to find a job from what it seems like anyway, you know, she got, she got hired on even, and she knows, even though she didn't have that much experience and stuff like that. So I imagine trying to find a job in her field was probably like already like stressful and traumatic enough, you know, uh, anybody who's like, I think just about anybody who's, you know, grown up and trying to find, you know, a job after college and stuff like that has been through that, you know, so many rejections and stuff like that. And then, yes. you know, after all those rejections, you know, professionally, she had a very personal rejection, you know, via her cheating boyfriend. Mm -hmm. So, and then, you know, of course, you know, she, then she, uh, she goes, she goes to Mr. Lamb and he's get like, is basically blown off and rejected again. It's just like just so many rejections for this poor kid and just like such a small amount of time, you know? Right. So, like I, I can see, I can see her like, like sometimes when like when your personal life isn't so great, like you focus more on life, and so maybe she was, you know, really trying to prove to like at least herself that no, 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 no like there's nothing wrong with me, you know, I've got this, I can do this, you know, and mm -hmm. it kind of blew back on her. 
Yeah, I hundred percent. I love that. I think that I think you're spot on. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, that's there, actually maybe myself, but, you know, so yeah. that maybe I can relate. But I just feel bad for her that she sees her like that she sees it as her failing in her relationship. When I mean, <laughs> exactly. Like I can't. I mean, you you can't help it in the moment. I'm sure, but yeah, it's just. Not fair. It definitely sucks. Like looking back on my, you know, late, like my teenage years and my early twenties and stuff mm-hmm. like that up until I got married, you know, it's so, it's like, it's so easy to look back and be like, why was I even like upset about this? Like it just, it just so did not matter, you know, and that guy was such an idiot, you know, or something right. like that. But, but it's easy to look back, you know, like they say hindsight is twenty twenty. It's easy to look back and be like, well, there's nothing wrong with me. It was this idiot. But you know, yeah, like it's, it's, at the time, it's, you know, crushing. Yeah, so. I, I dated him, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I think I think most of us have dated yeah. a jewelry or that two, guy, you know, that guy, you know, <laughs> that guy that you're just like, why did I even like exactly. this Exactly, like, why did I waste all those tears? God, <laughs> like, I was so much better than this. But, exactly, yeah. exactly. She'll realize it. She will. She's, she seems to have a pretty good head on her shoulders, but, you know, like, you have to, like, you do have to think that she's 21 years old. She's right. so young, you know, and your 20s are just, like, a tumultuous, chaotic, like, time of your life, and especially your early 20s, you know, because even even women, our brains don't finish, you know, like, really growing and maturing until, like, what, we're, like, 22, 23, and for guys, it's even older. Like, mm-hmm. I swear, I still know guys in, like, their 50s. I don't think their brain has matured yet, so, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so we have to think, like, you know, her brain isn't finished, like, it's getting there, but it probably hasn't fully matured yet, and, you know, so this is just, like, a really chaotic, emotional time, and mm-hmm. I, so we, I, I still have to remind myself all the time, she's 21, she's 21, you're 21, too, you did crazy stuff you know so yeah she's definitely mature for her age i think yes i definitely think so yes she is so now now we go to this apartment right and we don't know whose apartment it is yet but it's gorgeous yeah yes (laughs) and it's you know marble shiny gold there's this like picture of a lion there um you know modern art it just looks really ritzy and you hear somebody reading aloud. The tavern was damp, dark, and grimy, but the pirate didn't care. All he saw was this magnificent creature in black leather and heavy armor standing before him. And then you have know, like this illustration of this modern, you know, another black and white themed. And then you see it's Quincy reading to yeah. Torah as the pirate ran his soft velvety palm down the stranger's strong leather clad arm. A sweet gasp escaped from his. <laughs> and then Tori interrupts, he's like, the effort never had to steal a, steer a ship or pull a rope in his life before. <laughs> oh, hilarious. Yep. Just hilarious. That's there's Tora. Have... <laughs> yeah, there's Tora just <laughs> playing the video games while listening to Quincy Reed. Yep. <laughs> and he's like, how the hell is his palm still soft and velvety? Which is a very good point. Yes, and super great point. Yep, and Quincy's just like rolling his eyes, hand cream, Torah, copious amounts of hand cream, which, by the way, is a line I tell myself all the time. I don't know, I just always say it. Like, it's, it's stuck with me, and like, whenever <laughs> there's occasion to use it, I just say it. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is great. I have to say, though, as somebody who does uh, 
like I, I do some Olympic weightlifting, not anything crazy, like just it's mostly powerlifting, but um, I use so much, like I shave my calluses. I always, you know, use a ton of hand cream all the time. Like my hands are very well nourished. There is no way my hand is soft and velvety. Like it just, I have to say, Tora is spot on with that because mm -hmm. like if you lift anything at all like that, your hand just becomes a calloused mess pretty quickly. <laughs> Well, you know, Quincy obviously doesn't seem to know because, I mean, well, we'll we'll see a little later. He does seem quite built, but I guess not to the pirate level. <laughs> right. Yeah, probably not. I mean, you see him next to Tora and like his shoulders are definitely narrower. Like he seems like fit, you know, you see his legs and they seem pretty fit, but yeah. he doesn't look like he maybe like lifts a ton of weight, you no. know? He probably but... works out like me. <laughs> Well, well, let's, we're only at the tap to 25, so yeah. I know you have 24. Like, I can well, just see him being more a Pilates type person than a workout like Torah. <laughs> yeah, I definitely see that. Like, he probably does, like, I would say, like, he probably does, like, a lot of body weight exercises just by looking at him. He's definitely smaller, narrower yeah. shoulders and stuff like that. And I can see him doing, like, maybe running and, like, push-ups and stuff like that. And, you know, Pilates, like you said, yoga. Yeah. Um, maybe some swimming or something like that well maybe not because his shoulders aren't very broad but um it's, like, it's lean muscle yeah so it's all very it is very lean it doesn't seem like he does weights or if he does do weights maybe it's like you know the machines at the like like at, you would see at like a like a uh, normal gym you know not like a yeah. crossfit gym or something maybe he does just like you know stuff that that isn't going to tear up your hands yes um, but something that like I liked from this panel also, um, like with Tora's response of how is his hand still soft and velvety, um, is that Tora, even though he, you know, what I imagine based on what we already know about Tora and his personality is that he doesn't love being Quincy's beta reader. Like this isn't how he would choose to spend his evening, um, but he is a good friend and he's doing it. And he still needs to do his video games to have some sort of like distraction because I, again, imagine he doesn't really love doing this but he is still paying attention which I really like yeah. um, because most guys at least that I know when they're playing their video games and you try to talk to them are not listening to you definitely <laughs> and and definitely. Tori is and I really like that <laughs> Tori can multitask which is yeah. not much of a thing for most guys so I've got the Tori there right mm -hmm. like he can and he does like he you know Quincy matters enough that he actually is listening to them that's a great point yeah, and I think it's also nice, like, they, they look to have this, like, brotherly relationship, you know, where they're joking around and, you know, being comfortable enough to sit on the same couch and playing video games, which is, like, a, a, you know, relaxation, letting your guard down. So they have this very close relationship. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Both, and then, you know. Very comfortable. They're, like, Quincy's running around all those, like, underwear, so. <laughs> And then, you know, the funny thing is here, like, Tor makes a joke. He's like, hand cream, huh? Nice. And <laughs> Quincy is like, okay, homeboy, if you try to weasel your way out of beta ring, you're succeeding. And then he says something which is, like, very ironic for the guy who's literally <laughs> writing erotica. He's like, and right. keep that you know, grin all to yourself, you dirty-minded pig. I'm like, Quincy, yeah. what did you just read out loud? That's not going to go. I love that he calls him a dirty-minded pig. Like, what is <laughs> And he's literally writing erotica, like, gay erotica, which is hilarious. Great job, Quincy. <laughs> <laughs> but I just, I just, I just hear, I, I can almost hear Torres like nice in my, in my hand, like nice. Yeah. <laughs> and I do that to each other all the time. We're like, nice. You know? Yeah. 
And then he's like being utter drama king. You know, he puts his head hand on his forehead. He has this tear coming out of his eye. And he's like, good Lord, what were they even thinking? Romance and literature are wasted on this Neanderthal. (laughs) Which is funny. He's calling his like his stuff literature. It's like, okay, okay. (laughs) This is top tier literature right here. I love it. Yes. And, you know, Tor is just, you know, being um, aggressive with him. He's like, you ask for feedback. I'm giving you feedback. Get to work or I'm going home now. Yep. You know, and then they're continuing. And then he asks him, Quincy asks him about um, the notebook. He said, you didn't manage to get the notebook back on the Shemmy's Girl, did you? The one that you told me about at the parking lot. And Tora immediately gets serious. He has a serious look on his face. You know, that grin that Quincy was referencing is gone. Yeah. And, you know, Quincy says something perceptive. He's like, I'm rather baffled, to be honest. Ronzo said he got, which is interesting, he calls him Ronzo. So I'm, we're still not sure yeah. what the Ronzo guy who was with the names. Don't know. Yeah, I didn't get it either. So he says he got a hold of her address days ago. You could have just got a few of your men to enter the house and search for it. And, you know, if it's just an epic after why go through all the trouble? Not that I'm condoning burglary. This is just completely unlike you. So yeah. it's really nice. We get this insight that Tora is doing something very out of character for him in treating yeah. Poppy so gently. Yes. And, yeah. and I love, like, love that the next frame is game over. Exactly. Yeah, that, he, like, that he, like, clearly lost. Yeah. I also want to go back to, like, a couple, like, a couple panels up, though. Like, when he, they're talking, is that Tora clearly has shoes on in the house, Whereas Quincy's wearing slippers, which is more uh, common in Asian culture, uh, where wearing shoes in your house is definitely not. And I kind of almost wonder, like, if that's just his personality or if that, like, that was, like, something that she did on purpose or, or what there. Hmm. Oh, good point. And we, we totally forgot to talk about Quincy's outfit. Hello. What's up yeah. with that? <laughs> Quincy is wearing a turtleneck and boxer shorts. <laughs> They're very pretty color. They're very nice color, though. Yeah. He's I'm sure me. they're like linen and cost a ton of money also. <laughs> oh yeah, probably. <laughs> but yeah, it's, you know, he's comfy in his own house and, you know, he's wearing, you know, this thick thing on top, thin thing on bottom, you know, dressed halfway beautiful, halfway casual. It's just very, very funny and very Quincy. Mm-hmm. It is. It is very, very Quincy. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you know, the fact that like Tora lost the game shows that he was so distracted as soon as Quincy mentioned Poppy that he, you know, he couldn't focus anymore. And also, you know, it's kind of like game over for his, his heart, you know, we, yeah. he's, yeah, uh, he's in. Yep. He's well, in. He's, he's no. a sucker for him. That's it. Yep. Whatever Definitely. front he's trying to put up for Poppy is not going to work. <laughs> and, you know, he doesn't really respond. He just says like, or whatever. Yeah. And, yeah. Quincy is, um, of course, you know, <laughs> calls him out of that. He's like, my man, a rock is more loquacious than you. Yep. <laughs> yeah. and, um, and he tells him to use earphones, which is basically just a plot device so that, you know, he wouldn't hear who's knocking. But so, you know, Tor's putting on earphones and, you know, somebody knocks on the door, rings on the bell and Quincy's excited. He thinks that it's, um, he, you know, gets a blush on his face. He's thinking that it could be his date. And he opens the door. And he puts on his charming Quincy smile and he's like, hey, stranger, did you change your mind about our... (laughs) 
And then, you know, the point he's looking up higher and he doesn't see Poppy. Poppy's down lower. So whoever he was expecting was taller. Yes. It's pretty tall. You just see like her forehead. I don't know. The other thing like about that Hey Stranger panel, like did you change your mind where he puts on his like, you know, seductive face, but he's still wearing no pants and his slippers. <laughs> so I just like have to picture the whole picture. <laughs> Coming to the door. Like, yeah, but you know what? I'm sure he finds himself charming, and we find him charming, so it's working. Yeah, yeah, it wouldn't, it wouldn't matter. <laughs> yeah, so, so top of poppy yeah. head. He immediately looks down to see <laughs> this tiny little frantic person. Yep. Yeah, with yeah. you know Benjamin with his hair, this blood on his hair, and yep. she's you know, and he he looks you know he has hands to Benjamin and he's you know just question marks he's like flummoxed and you know like Poppy he, he doesn't seem to be too familiar with dealing with violence either and he says um honey and you know who he's, he's calling Toro honey which is you know some of us are like speculating you know some people not us I don't I wasn't never speculating that they're you know if, are they a couple but no, no it's no. It's, to me it's pretty apparent it's just it's just I him being mm-hmm yeah. And you know, he kind of reminds me of like one of those like sweet like southern ladies, you know, like calling everybody honey and sugar and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you know, Tori at this point has his headphones on and he's lighting a cigarette, so he doesn't really hear him. And because he's like, Could you put your stupid game down and get your ass over here? Like immediately he's panicking, he's sweating, he doesn't know how to deal with it. And he relies on Tora to handle the situation, which just shows, yeah. you know, the dynamic we have. I just think it's I just think it's great because like you know Quincy is clearly the son of like a violent mafia boss but he's just like so soft, you know. Right. Well, it's like in whatever episode it was after they talked to his um, old publisher and Quincy's throwing up in the garage afterwards because Tora beat the guy up in front of him and he couldn't take it. Yeah, <laughs> like violence is definitely like despite growing up in what would one would consider a very violent, you know, situation. Like he's just not a violent person. He's like the exact opposite yep. of his dad. Yeah. That's why I'm looking forward to seeing more of their relationship. I'm just wondering exactly what it's like. I don't, you know, like you don't really see them though together. So like so far, like you don't even hear him. Like you don't even see like maybe him even calling him. And I wonder if like they're, if we're ever gonna see like a relationship between the two of them at all. Like and like. You know, obviously he's really close to Tora, and he had to have known what uh, Benson did to Tora if, uh, if like other clan members know about it. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure we will get to see their relationship because I have a feeling it'll be like a pivotal plot point. You know, we're kind yeah. of hoping for the clan to be taken down, and I'm pretty sure Quincy will have a big role in that. Yeah, he has yeah. to. So some kind of like very dramatic show off between father and son showdown. Sorry. And, you know, who knows what will happen? You know, maybe Quincy will do something to his dad or Vincent will finally relent or who knows. But yeah. it'll be, it better be high drama. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was definitely, like, I am, I'm really looking forward to see, seeing, um, like, just any reaction really in between Quincy and Vincent. Yeah, and we do see, um, I think it was earlier, when you know Tora got the text message from Poppy and Vincent was like hey is that my old man is he texting you tell him which means like Vincent wasn't even 
texting his own son. Like Quincy was expecting him to text Tora to speak to him, you know? So yeah. like they don't even communicate that well, apparently. Yeah, probably. I don't, I don't know. It almost seems like he's like, does not want to be associated with his dad. Which makes a lot of sense, you know, given um, Quincy and given his dad. Anyway, any final thoughts on this episode before we wrap up? Um, no, I don't, I just, I just like really like seeing, again, like the contrast to Torah about like their reactions to the violence, you know, like it really shows like, you know, even though Torah seems like really soft and sweet inside, you know, like how desensitized he is almost to it. And you can almost see like that Vincent maybe didn't expose Quincy to it very much, or maybe just Quin if he did expose it, Quincy to it, maybe just Quincy just never was, uh, you know, like it just never really clicked with him, you know, like it never seemed to be like a thing that he latched onto. And, you know, where we know as Poppy grew up oppositely, very, very opposite to you know them both but uh, whether whether um quincy was um exposed to it or not like how uneasy all that makes him he is able to like go through it like and put on a face you know as we saw with um his old publishing company in torah but really like you know as soon as he feels comfortable like that's all off you know mm -hmm. all right yeah. that's the goal of quincy and the irony of quincy yeah, well, I, I was also thinking about it. Like, he was able to keep his cool, like, the entire time that was going on with Torah and stuff like that in the publishing company. Um, and it, it almost makes me think that maybe, like, Quincy had to wear a mask around his dad growing up, you know? Like, oh, yeah. I'm sure he did. Like, he's he's really good. He's really good at, like, hiding everything. Like, he played the part so well. And the second, like, he got, you know, out of the limelight and around the person that he was the most comfortable with, Torah, he just, like, let loose. You know what I mean? Like, and mm -hmm. he's like, Growing up and just clearly disturbed by all of it. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so so much, Mirna and Natasha, for for coming on the podcast and giving us your insights. I really, really, really appreciate it. Thank you. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you so much yeah. for having me. Yes. Thank you for having me. Yep. You too. I'll catch you all later. Okay. Right, talk to you bye. Later. bye. bye. All right. Bye.